Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many people say that music is a universal language. If that's the case, I would like to use music as a platform to talk about health. My name is Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains, our bodies, and our well-being. We'll be discussing topics that affect all of us. From mental health to body image, cancer screening to stroke, our health is truly our greatest asset. Hopefully, these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. You all are in for a treat today. I have Tweet Is PRS from Next. And oh my gosh, I can't even get through the list. Eight Billboard Awards, two AMA Awards, Soul Train Award. I mean, it, no group, let me just start with this, no group has ever had more than eight Billboard Awards in the same year. Quite thankful for that. Musical um, <laughs> royalty here, welcome. Thank you so much. First off, thank you for having me. Um, Absolute pleasure and everything you just named, man. You just naming off blessings and things that um, made it possible for me to be sitting here right now. I have nothing but gratitude. So thank you for your time and thanks for having me. Sure. Well, we're going to roll back the clock and then see if we can unpack all of this. Tell us first what PRS means in terms of your name, Prince. PRS means Prince Raphael Schwann. Mm -hmm. That's my given name. And I'm Prince because Source God is king and very much alive. So best I can do in this life is Prince because I represent my source, my creator. And um, Raphael is my given name, which means God has healed. Mm -hmm. And my middle name is Shawan. So right. PRS is Prince Raphael Shawan. Exactly. Now, you grew up in Gary, Indiana, Absolutely. home of Michael Jackson. Let's talk about getting from there to Minnesota. How'd that transition occur? Well, I was turning um, eight years old, and my mother decided to move us from Gary to Minnesota. Most of our family live in Gary, so mm -hmm. I was really heartbroken. I didn't, I didn't understand that that was a part of the growth and evolution to you know, create this life that I get to live now. Yeah. And um, it was like we moved from the home of Michael Jackson and the Jacksons to the home of Prince. Right, you know right. I mean? so, music royalty. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so um, around, you know, eight years old when I finally got planted in Minnesota, and um, uh, Gary just pretty much trained me for everything. I mean, if you look up Gary, Indiana, mm -hmm. and Google it, you'll see that it's it's a blessing to have that type of training and still be here with a clear mind and an open heart and just want to share and love your energy. And um, that's, f for me, to be able to do music, I've been doing music professionally for 24 years, and to, to now be launching my own career to do my thing um, is such a huge blessing. And we're breaking barriers, um, we're changing the narrative, and we're elevating legacies and DNA with this situation. So you're my first interview sure. and my yeah. first performance, sure. so exactly. thank you so much. You're part of my journey now. Wait for that. Um, 
Moving forward, though, you weren't even thinking about medicine initially and uh, music in particular. Um, and we're going to talk about music as medicine. How did that all come about with your brother? Well, so I love that you're well studied and you know exactly what's going on. But um, my brother Tilo from our group Next, he had a he had this dream to be a new addition when right. we were kids. So mm -hmm. you know, he, <laughs> yeah, he was trying to be a new addition since yeah. we he's three years older than me. So he was like ten and well ten seven or whatever our ages were at the time. Mm -hmm. And when I turned sixteen, he told me he wanted to do a, a singing group. I was on my way to Hampton University okay. because I wanted to be an engineer right. and um, I wanted to play in the NFL and I wanted to run track for the Olympics for America. A few small things just all a at the couple, same time. Just a, Nothing. An engineer and things. a football player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, nah, I want you to um, do this group with me. And I did have resistance in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful I listened to him and trust him, sure. trusted him, but um, he just had this wild dream which sounded like a dream. And right. um, when I told him, I'm gonna go to school this fall. Sure. I'll give you to the end of summer. It was like spring or something, yeah. um, 19, maybe 90, it was 1994, uh -huh. spring. And I said, I'll give you to the end of summer. Right. Uh, we connected with RL. Yeah. 30 days later, we would get a fabulous <laughs> all over our city. We right. couldn't even go to the mall without people. It was crazy, it was like, this is what I was meant to do. Sure, what was the name of the group at first and what did it mean? It was called Straightforward. Uh -huh. I actually came up with the name. Right. Um, it, we had a fourth member, his name was Shallow, and sure. Straightforward was spelled S-T-R-A-T-E, the number four, W-A-R-D, mm. and it stands for Shiloh, Tilo, RL, and Tweety, right, expressing right. four wishes and reliving dreams. Now, right. that is a whole mouthful. That, that, that's so, a little bit long to get, to get it. You know, we're going to have to consolidate that, Let's man. Get Let's get it down. Let's get it down. So how did you guys come up with next, which has its own meaning? Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, we're built on acronyms. I'm just right. noticing that right yes. now. But um, So next came about when um, uh, we have a like similar to former Staples Center, yeah, sure. we had um, a place called the Target Center in Minnesota, right. in Minneapolis, and we were, it was like our first big arena show, and we were gonna open for Brandy, mm -hmm. and Brandy's band, they came in like about, maybe like two hours later, something like that. Right. So we're sitting there waiting for the sound check. They keep telling us, we need a sound check, we need a sound check. Man, Brandy walked in, they were like, sorry guys, no sound check. <laughs> no we were like, oh, and if anybody knows that, if you don't get a sound check before the, sh the show, you don't know what it's going to sound like. Right, right. So um, RL critical. just snapped. He was like, they sleep on us. We're going to be the next big thing. He was like, that should be our name. We were like, yeah. He was like, it's going to be no one ever expected this. And it came out of his frustration, but it stuck. Exactly. And just so we don't miss that, because you said it quick. No one ever expected this. No one ever expected this. And let me explain, because a lot of people be like, expect it. It's yeah. N-E-X-T. Right. We turn expected into X-P-E-C-T-E-D. Right. Okay. Excellent. So now, Tell us a little bit about sort of how these songs came together. As you know, I mean, But Love was everybody's favorite jam. Get it's the girl, baby. get on the dance floor. So how did that song come about? Butter Love, actually, um, so R.L. wrote, he penned Butter Love, and um, it really just, you know, it was, he takes real situations from his life, mm -hmm. and he'll talk about them in music, and that's where Butter Love came from his heart. It was like a story that, um, that of, of a relationship that he had, that he mm -hmm. wanted it to be like that. Yeah. So that was like, you know, 
one of the examples, and he could probably explain that better because it came out of his mind, but um, the feet pedicure, no corns part, that, <laughs> that was something that collectively we talked about. It was like, you got to have French manicures and feet pedicure with no corns. So first, uh, that's a deal breaker. Like smoking cigarettes, that's a deal breaker. But if your toes are right, yeah. That's not going to work. No. And then how'd the group transition in terms of getting from one to the other and, and getting to really kind of get that big hit? So uh, all the songs were kind of made together. Mm -hmm. Shout out to KG from Naughty by Nature who right. um, put us on. Um, everyone knows him as the DJ of Naughty by Nature, but he's also a producer and he ran the label that we were on, Divine Mill. Right. And um, we were in his back house. We stayed there for, um, I can't remember exactly how many months it was, but it was at least seven, eight months, or probably more. Mm -hmm. And it was ourselves. Next was there, Jaheem was there, mm -hmm. and Fonz from Coffee Brown. Yeah. So we just come in and like we do songs like every day. Like we'd be working on something new. And um, Arel and I were on a call with some females at the time, one of the girls that he was dating, I was on with like whoever, who's the friend, you know right, how right, right. So we were talking about like, have they ever experienced a guy getting aroused on them on the dance floor? And they mm -hmm. were like, yeah. And we were like, well, you know, like, cool, is that like cool. a turn off? Right, yeah, right. like, is that a weirdo? Like, they're yeah. like, no, nah, we do it on purpose. And we were like, what? Yeah. We were blown away. Right. We were like, you do it on purpose? And then the next question was like, so if it's not right, is that a deal breaker? And they were like, yeah. And then one girl was like, no, it's not like that. So mm -hmm. we walked downstairs. Um, we actually were staying in KG's back house. He has a huge mansion in um, West Orange, New Jersey. And we were in a back house. And we, it's like a garage, mm -hmm. but there was like an apartment upstairs. We came downstairs. Right. The beat for Too Close was on. Right. Instantly, right. the lyrics were just coming. And you created the song how fast? Um, 45 minutes. <laughs> from, Unbelievable. From beat to lyrics to recording, done, 45 minutes. So. And then whirlwind in terms of it blowing up. Kind of. Mm -hmm. It didn't go that smoothly mm -hmm. um, because back then we were young right. and we wanted to we wanted to express the songs that showed our sexuality because we wanted the women to love us. So Too Close was like, that's not, you know, things that, you know, people will fall in love with. And I'm thankful that RL and I got to write that song together. And um, what we had a kind of it was a huge disagreement with the label, maybe like four or five meetings to not make that the second single. Right. And Clive was like, no, this is going to be the second single. Shout out to Clive Davis, right. um, J Records. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you for all that. Sure. You know, you got to say that. But um, yeah, so he demanded like, no, this has to be the second single. Mm -hmm. We didn't understand. And when it came out, I mean, I'm talking, it was instant. Right. From that moment, I, I learned, I don't know everything about music. Right. I also learned that it's not always about being sexy and all. It's about what feels right. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. song just had, it, it just, it was an instant classic. And so we're thankful that we went with it. Right. Now the show's called Music and Medicine. And in the midst of all of this, uh, essentially, I mean, it's a skyrocket from the time that you all had first started doing music to having a hit like that. Right. Yet you were dealing with a lot of stuff oh, personally. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think maybe a first place to begin is tribute to your sister. I don't think anybody had any sense that her death had affected you so hard and you couldn't really enjoy some of that success. Just talk to us about what she meant to you. Oh, everything. Um, my sister was literally like, realistically, I would say like my second mom, but um, it was, it was deeper than that. Like, my sister was like a guardian angel for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was the youngest for many years, and um, I even lived with her at, at some point, and she was she was dealing with her own personal issues with her health, like, mm -hmm. my entire life. Like, she wasn't 
expected to live past infancy, and she lived mm -hmm. to be 24 years old. So, wow. and her passing was like, it still felt sudden, but even though every time she went to the hospital, you just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And um, it was almost like it just ripped my whole life out of me, wow. you know, and I spent 1997 to 2007 mourning her passing. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized, it was just one day it hit me. It's like, you can't get sad enough mm -hmm. and you can't mourn enough to bring her back. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it hit me again that her, her voice came to me like, I don't want you to remember me this way. Mm -hmm. Like, why aren't you smiling? Like, so we have so many Love memories to think about and you're only thinking about the one moment, my, her death. And uh, that's when from then on, I was like, when, when things like this happen, um, I'm gonna stay connected to what I love about that person the most. My dad just passed yeah. away uh, two days ago, oh, and bless his soul, I dedicate my career, I dedicate this show, um, I dedicate everything I'm doing right now to him, my wife and our kids and our family, because I realize that, you know, you just gotta celebrate the time that you get with people. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And I want to thank you, and I was gonna get to that, to in the midst of all this, I mean, it's barely even 48 hours, yeah. and I was shocked today when I was on your page to see that and send a comment just so you know that, it, um, our prayers, but to still say, hey, I'm gonna honor my commitment, my word is my bond, yeah. um, and as you said that he would say so that you know I'm not just giving you BS um, every day above the earth. Right? It's a good day. Absolutely. That's him all day. Um, what I love about him most is he taught me about work ethic. My, mm -hmm. my, grand, my dad worked at um, the steel mill in Gary, Indiana mm -hmm. for 36 years. Right. And he taught me that's commitment. You know, that man went wow. to that job every single day. Sometimes he would work 16 hours and be right back there the next day. Right. Barely slept, but he's working. And, you know, I had to talk him into retiring because I was just like, Dad, give yourself a break. When are you going to get to hang out and relax? Wow. Wow. And so um, what I love about our relationship is we, we became... He's my dad, but he became one of my bros, and at times he became one of my clients because you talked about all the stuff that I've gone through. Mm -hmm. I now share what I've learned in my path to help as many people as I can with my story. So he mm -hmm. was like my dad, my brother, um, my client that already prepaid everything <laughs> because he gave me life. But other than that, he was also looking out for me. He, was, he would tell me things that I still use to this day. So, um, yeah, he's a part of my motivation. If he was here, he'd be like, boy, you got to go handle that interview. Like, <laughs> exactly. we, you got to keep it going. <laughs> exactly. No, no, that's that's amazing tribute there. Um, meanwhile, you're juggling all this, and we don't have to get too far into this if you don't want to, but you are harboring a secret that now I think is becoming a lot more comfortable for people to start to talk to because mm -hmm. a lot of people think, oh, that would never happen to a guy, or mm -hmm. oh. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what blew me away about it was just that you, you, you brought some resolution to this. Just tell us a little bit where you feel comfortable in just having that experience and really trying to turn it into something positive, which is devastating so many women, yeah. but definitely many young men out there. Absolutely, so um, what you're discussing is um, from the ages of three to six, I was molested by someone that my mom entrusted with, you know, watching us when she was busy doing what she was doing. And this lady took advantage of me in a way where it was, it was odd because I was so young and I didn't remember it until I was six because I had resistance. Mm -hmm. And it was like such a traumatic experience when I, when it finally stopped right. because I just stood up for myself. Mm -hmm. But that, that moment taught me that in life, you know, 
until I speak up or until I make a change, things are gonna be the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And I learned that at a very young age that you have to speak up for yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. And um, she actually watched myself and my brother Tilo, wow. but she was doing that to me. Mm -hmm. She was molesting me. She wow. was you know, acting as if I was her husband. I was a little mm -hmm. kid. It was yeah. like, mentally for me, it was like, what? Devastating. Yeah, so, and then it happened again when I turned 16 with someone that I live with, mm -hmm. um, both females, which was, even more confusing, of course. because there are young men out here that are taught like if an older woman is interested in them, then that's awesome. But mm -hmm. it didn't feel awesome. It felt uncomfortable. And um, the first from three to six, the first lady took a lot of my first, like my mm -hmm. first kiss, my oh. first like mm -hmm. a lot of things. So I had commitment, like com relationship commitment issues for a long time, and um, I just had to work through it. I realized that I was going into these relationships mm -hmm. with what, like you said, it was a secret at the time, and I, I just felt broken, but I, I didn't trust. Right. So I had like this guard around me, no matter how much it seemed like I was involved, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got with my wife that I really opened my heart and I really learned like how deep I can truly love. And I didn't have the fear of, um, of trusting her yeah. because she's just so real and she helps me to realize that those things that happened to me, right. they happened for right. me. I'm not wishing yeah. that on anyone, but it happens so I can have this conversation and create dialogue with people and let them know that that's something that happened to me. It doesn't define me. I'm not carrying it around with me everywhere I go. That's, it, it showed me how strong I am because mm -hmm. I'm able to realize that it's not happening to me right now. Right. And the only time it can continue to happen is if I recycle it in my thoughts or in my conversations. Right. And if I speak about it with empowerment and I speak about it as something that I've gone through and overcame. Right versus something that is still destroying me. Right. I can create that type of energy with other people where they can realize, okay, it did happen. It didn't destroy me. It actually did show you how strong you are. And it happened to you for a purpose. Maybe the purpose is to share your story and how you made it through. How are you coping? How are you dealing with it? Because just sweeping it under the rug is dangerous as well, too. So you gotta face it, realize it wasn't your fault. Right, like, which is critical, because so many times people internalize absolutely. it. It must have been something I did. Yeah, and, and I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but regardless, if it's not still happening today, just count your blessings, realize you're still alive and you have an opportunity to live a different way now and share your story with people because you don't know who you're helping. Right, but you did something that was amazing. You reached out to her and some of the other people in your life that you Absolutely. thought I may have said something wrong or mm. they did something wrong to yeah. me. Tell us about that. Man, I love how well studied you are. You know exactly, yeah, it was like you were there when <laughs> you were like, <laughs> you were a fly on the wall. I love this, like great question. And uh, actually I had um, the opportunity to, you're right, to um, send a message to the second lady who did it when I was 16. I sent a message to her. Um, she was kind of close to the family, so um, mm -hmm. I reached out to her and I said, look, I don't know what you're doing now, but mm -hmm. if you are, stop. Don't do this to no one else because you don't know what type of energy you're causing people to deal with trying to get past this or understand it or make sense of it. And um, I didn't expect a response. I really sent the message just to get it out of me and just let her know how it's affected me because maybe she's doing it because no one's ever said it, you know? Right. And she responded immediately. I mean, you know, there's no statute of limitations on that. She sure. could have easily incriminated herself. Right. But for me, it was closure. You know, I forgave her. She asked for forgiveness. And um, I felt like it's not, you know, people are 
we go through phases in life. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to meet her when she was in a phase where she felt like that was okay. But I was able to forgive her and um, move on and I feel a lot better about it now. So sure. I, I did get that um, healed in my life. Right, and you're able to help us, and especially because so many people, it's sometimes a secret, it's usually somebody close to the family. Absolutely. And someone that the family sometimes indirectly or directly may cover for, yeah. and certainly it can allow it to, to fester. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we've seen people kill themselves, yes. abuse themselves, Absolutely. and often abuse somebody else. Yeah. Well, let me clear up. Like, I mean, I didn't just go from the situation to where I'm sitting. Yeah, I did go through some years of um, a lot of stress, turmoil. I ended up in the news quite a bit of times for, you know, my behavior acting out. And really, there, there are always two sides to every story. So anytime anyone has ever experienced negative energy from me, it was because I felt like I was protecting myself. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like I was doing the best that I could at that time to protect myself and to these were the choices that I felt were the best choices for me to express myself and to protect myself. Sure. And I'm from Gary, Indiana, so I mean, <laughs> look it up. Sure. I mean, we, we're based on combat, sure like that's what we do. Like It ain't just sure. yapping, it ain't a lot of talking, it's a yeah. bunch of action and sure. I, I love being from that mm -hmm. and not still that, you know what I mean? I like I, mm -hmm. Gary is in me to the to the core, I love Gary, I'm so thankful for Gary, but the, the combative part of me that I, inherited from Gary, I don't carry that anymore. Right. I want people to know that you don't have to express yourself in that way. You can actually avoid situations like that by having the expectation right. to have good energy and to know that no matter what happens, you're not gonna allow some outside source to control how you feel or respond to things. Right. So be proactive, not reactive. I love it. You've been able to internalize uh, such a positive message and I wanted to make sure we brought that out. Appreciate it. Um, Delving into that just a little bit, I want to just sort of give this visual juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. Despite some of the negative stuff in the press, at the same time, you were the shepherd for the group. You were the one who was like, hey, you guys need to get your sleep. You were the one who was like, hey, hey, you, you take that part. It, it wasn't like, oh, okay, he's all about himself. And, and a lot of people, including RL, have said that the tweet was a lot underappreciated to a large extent um, for his contributions to the group, uh, not only as a shepherd, while at the same time, like we said, we got the sister loss and dealing with, with some of that, you know, molestation issues. So just talk to us a little bit about, because I know you've done a lot of work helping people to unpack, so Man. just help us with that. Um, yeah, it's like, honestly, that's a God thing, bro. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I can't mm -hmm. take personal credit I, I'm, I've been along for the ride, and I'm just being obedient to what my creator, what God is telling me to do and how I need to move in this life. And I've been a glue for a lot of situations, but, you know, same. Situations have been glue for me as well. You know, if it wasn't for Next, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So I'm quite grateful and thankful for the opportunity to be a part of that. Um, when the group first, it was funny. I was just telling Billy, uh, my manager, Billy Moss, um, that... This is full circle for me. The first mm -hmm. place we performed in LA, I, you might have known that. Yeah. No one's judging from me. <laughs> you knew that. It was an accident. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like, this is full circle. So mm -hmm. I actually walked in here. I was feeling like super nostalgic, and a lot of things came back to me. But, you know, um, I don't, I have felt at times that I felt underappreciated because the group came into the game as three guys who sang, wrote, and you know, we, we did everything together. We were like self-sustainable. But I kind of started to get, I moved myself. 
from like I, I I'm gonna do leads and all that. I moved myself to a position of like I'll focus on entertaining and doing this this part of it. I was kind of like the the spokesperson. So when, when we went out in public, I connected with the fans because that's what I love to do the most. Right. And so. Um, I, then we were supposed to grow to the fact that I was going to start doing leads in the group and different things like that. And we're still, you know, transitioning to be what we're meant to be. But somewhere in the whole mix of things, um, roles started to be more defined. And then it started to feel like I was like stuck in a role. And I was like, I have so much more to offer than just this. But then as we grew, the style that I am, that I deliver, is different than what Next is. You know, and you'll hear in my single, you'll hear in my music now that it is slightly different, but we'll be able to fuse some stuff together. So, you know, mm -hmm. be on the lookout for new stuff happening with myself and my group still, because it's Next Forever. Right. Yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, you guys are always going to have radio play. What are some of those challenges that you feel? Here are some lessons some of the young cats may need to realize because what we have is really magical and we can still do amazing things independently, but sometimes we're young and we got a lot of energy and we have a lot of ideas and yeah. sometimes we just clash. That's just the way things go down. That's, that's just the natural order of things. You have three people with a, a gift of um, being creative, a gift of um, actually want to put their best foot forward at all times. And then sometimes we have different opinions and different you know, wants, different needs, and different focus. But that's what makes us who we are. Right, right. That's why next means no one ever expected this. That's, you know, you just <laughs> go with it. And um, the beauty of how things have worked for us, that no matter what, even when we weren't working together as a group, the music was still working itself. Like, it's something that can't be taken away. It's there forever. You know, it was number 30 on Billboard's Hot 100 of all time. Like, that's such a gift that Too Close is there. And thank you to everybody that made that possible. But the group is, um, I feel like we're still evolving. Like, mm -hmm. um, the fact that we still get to perform um, sold out shows, um, people are showing up, and we're, like, that, something about us on stage is just so magical, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I just feel like Next still has more life and there's more to do. But I'm actually just putting my bid in sure. the pot right yeah, now. Sure. So um, we're going to mix it up a little bit and just, you know, it's for the win for the whole family. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. Tell us a little bit about the business and the coaching that you do to help people because you've learned so much. And I think it's so important that we realize that this is part of how somebody gains wisdom. They've yeah. been through some stuff. They share some stuff. Absolutely. They learn some stuff and then they help others who mm -hmm. may not quite be as far along on the journey. Yeah. Well, it's exactly what you just said. I mean, I experienced the stuff so I can get through it and then share how, and that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not here to try to tell everybody what it is that I'm doing because, you know, certain people don't want to hear it. They're not prepared to hear it or whatever. Sometimes you're just there to plant the seed. But I create, over like quarantine and lockdown, I created a 12-step a program called Manifesting Your Best Life Ever with Tweet. Mm -hmm. And it goes from meditation and it's a week-by-week -week process of we continue to, we start here, right. the first process will be the mirror process, where you go in the mirror every morning when you wake up, and for 60 seconds, just tell mm -hmm. yourself eye to eye, I love you, I love right. you, I appreciate you, thank you, I'm here for you, I got you, thank you for, you know, giving me life, and for, I mean, for 60 seconds, mm -hmm. and when people first start, they feel weird, they're like, I've never said that to myself, or I'm like, it feels weird right. doing it, I'm like, well, what I've learned is you can't expect people around you to love you if you don't know how to love yourself. Right. And you got to learn how to love yourself first and be okay with it. Not feel like I'm being arrogant or conceited or anything like that. Give yourself the love that you know you deserve. Right. And then everybody else's love is extra. And yeah. you'll get it, but the way people know how to love you is by how you love yourself. Right. So that's what I help my clients and the people that I work with remember. Remember that you had you first. 
You were born butt naked by yourself in this world, you know? Who taught you how to talk? Who taught you how to walk? Mm-hmm. I mean, we fell a lot and what do we do? We got up and we took another step. Right. Life has to be like that. And somewhere along the, the path, we forget that it's not about how many people can help us because you've always helped yourself. Right. Why is it that you need so much help outside yourself now? So help people remember, help people to remember that you are what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You are that saving grace that you've been waiting for. And let everything else around you just be, you know, icing on an already well-baked cake. <laughs> um, speaking about analogies, um, this will be the last one we ask about. Mm-hmm. You say that uh, life is often like a car. Mm-hmm. Most people can relate to that because they've driven somewhere, <laughs> been in a car, want to drive somewhere. I love it. Uh, tell us what does that mean to you. So I have this process that I teach. I've learned myself and I also teach my clients that life is like a car, but it's a sports car. It's a two-seater. I call it the two-seater process. Right. And if you have the wrong thing or person in that passenger seat, mm-hmm. the right thing can't be there because mm-hmm. it's already occupied. But if that seat is vacant, then what's meant to be there can be there now. You know. Mm-hmm. But until you allow it to, because I'm... I, even for me, I'd be like, I let stuff go, but I still had that thing with one leg and so nothing right, can so still sit there. Right. What do you have, it sit on its lap? Sure. Like, no. So you exactly. gotta make that space by letting go of that which isn't meant for you anymore because everything has a season and a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, make space for the right thing. But first you gotta believe that you deserve it. Sure. And that's what it is, you gotta give yourself, that's a part of self-love. Sure, and you hinted at it, but let's highlight her because she's here, your wife. How does oh, she yeah. symbolize that for you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> My wife is like literally me, my soul in a whole in a beautiful body that I get to enjoy and be around and just marvel at every day because um her her soul is is pure gold. Like um she's real, she's straight up, she's not some yes person. She tells me like it is. Yeah, exactly. like you know how they say keep some keep people around you. Right. They keep you grounded and focused. Right. And sometimes in a in our community, sure. the you know Tanner skin sure. community. That usually means talking down to you, making mm-hmm. you feel insignificant. Right. Like, nah, she lifts me up. She helped me remember, like, nah, that's the old you. You sure. don't, you, you're not on that anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. right, right. When I first started making music, doing my my um, album, I was making music that was like based on my ego. They were mm-hmm. like things like we talked about earlier, sure. feeling this way or that way. And it's like, no, that ain't what you get the blessing for. You get the blessing to actually project your light. And so she helps me remember that. I call her my, um, she's my my mindset coach, sure. my energy coach. And uh, we do it for each other. You know, sure. it's, um, she's literally like, um, she, she's my other 100%. You know, people say my better half. I'm like, nah, she's whole. She comes whole, I come whole. And we put it together and make one big hole. So without her, I wouldn't even be sitting here right now. I really appreciate her, and um, I do everything in my life to show her that. Absolutely. Set us up for your song, Dat. I mean, it pretty much almost covers your whole life in the song, <laughs> so, um, but uh, some of us got to hear it when you put it on IG. Oh, man, so um, my song is called I'm Like That, which, again, I have to give credit to my wife because when I first started doing music, I was making music based on ego and I was making some music based on like, I love you, this and that. So all this music mm-hmm. about her, she's like, baby, cool, great. But thank you, but make some make a song about yourself. And then that's when I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna make a song to um, represent how I feel, who I am, where I am right now in my life. So the song is called, I'm Like That. And it's spelled, that is spelled D-A-T. Right. It stands for 
different all the time. Sure. And what that means is I'm constantly evolving. Some mm -hmm. people would take that as different all the time, like you fake, I could like, no, well call me whatever you want, but you're gonna call me happy. That's yeah. what you're gonna call me. And um, I'm gonna continue to evolve, I'm gonna continue to grow, and I'm gonna continue to share my story. So I'm like that, bro. Uh. I'm like that. I walk tall, I ain't got to lose. I'm confident, ain't got to prove. I'm doing me, don't feel me cool. Got love for everybody, I ain't here for you. Loving my life, flex my style, been through shoot. I'm good now, filling my shoes, couldn't walk a mile. Happy real life, don't need fake smiles. Happy in my own skin, miss me, fake love, got my own friends. History, ex love, now I'm grown man. No beef, no more, I'm only on wins. She always by my side when I roll up. Wife not wife, you dig a hole up, hold up. High vibe, pride on the blow up. Won't catch me getting drunk till I throw up. Straight up, nah. Cause I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. Used to be a wild. Had a quick trigger, now I'm only on peace for the win. I'm about the best, poppin', food, not here. Me and Bay outin' like twins. Always making life much better than it was. Doing what the fuck wanna do no matter what. Spirit over ego, yeah, that's formula. Not trying to convince, just telling you what's up. I am loyal, I don't cheat. Don't drink liquor, don't eat meat. Don't do gossip, I ain't cheap. Love TLC, but I don't do creeps. Live on AK on the islands. Wasn't always on love, I was wildin'. Learn wisdom is strong, get silent. That's how I say on new chest ain't pilots. That's how I say on new chest ain't pilots. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. Yeah, I'm good with the squad, but I'm great alone. Some smell good, yeah, that's my cologne. Only good vibes can approach the throne. Always with my twin, never ride alone. I'm on love, how vibrate. If you in that hate, you need to migrate. Don't need permission, I write my own fate. Reflection in the mirror, always tell me I'm great. Cause I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that. I'm like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. The show is called Music and Medicine, and it seems in some ways that music has not only been through all your life, but, but maybe actually helped you make it through some of these things, whether they be the family, personal, or, or even career-wise. Yeah. What does that mean to you when you hear things like music is medicine or music and medicine? It is. It's been the antidote uh, for everything with me. Um, I, when I, I had my first performance when I was a kid, at like four years old, in a uh, at the Genesis Center in Gary, Indiana. So I was on the cover of the newspaper the next day singing in a choir with like 200 kids. I don't even, I'm thankful I was on the cover, but I don't know why. I was like, okay. So it's almost like my entire life music has been there for me. So like when my sister passed or when I lived with my dad for the only time in ninth grade, he didn't have a, tele he wouldn't put a television downstairs. All I had was the radio. So I listened to 
WGCI in Chicago, okay. and so I danced. <laughs> And I dance every day. And um, that's how um, music saved me in that situation. And then my brother came out of nowhere when I was 16 and said he wanted to do a group. So anytime I've ever been in a tough situation in my life, music has seemed to, you know, bail me out. If it wasn't for, for uh, if it wasn't like, you know, love songs because I felt like I got my heart broken. I'm in seventh grade. <laughs> or if, if um, you know, or if it, if. You know, like if you're listening to an aggressive song that helps you get some energy out, some negative energy, so you don't go outside and act on it, you actually just let it out and then you move on. So, right. um, and then having a career in music for 24 years that's right. continuously blessing me over and over. Um, music, you, your title of your show is so spot on because for so many people, music is medicine. Um, think about something as simple as being in traffic. Right. <laughs> you got your right. favorite song on, you look at it like I'm home already, you know? So yeah, music is medicine is so spot on and it has definitely been my medicine my entire life. Sure, and I just want to hit at the universality of that. Tell us about just some of the popularity even overseas compared to here that you guys oh, achieve. Yeah. Then you can speak to. Yeah, no, it's amazing. The overseas wave is because in America, we only think American and we think, you know, everything, we have everything. So, right. and then you go other places and you're like, wait, they got it going on too over here. So right. you, you go to like London, you go to Australia, you go to Germany, you go to Japan, you go to, I mean, our music is even in Dubai. Our music is in Latvia, Slovenia. Yeah. Like these are places my body has not gone, but my music is there. So, you know, again, showing how music is absolute medicine. And and the fact that the audience members may not understand or speak a drop of English, right. but they know every word to the song right, right on with you. Mind. So, yeah, music is definitely a universal language, and it is definitely the best therapy and the best medicine I can sure. think of. Sure. And if somebody's having a special occasion and they want to eat, uh, sing them a little verse, or yeah. sing them a ditty, how can they, how can they do Man, that? Man, if you want me to sing you a ditty, if you're going through a, a trying time in your life, whatever, um, if you just want to connect with me, it's almost like having my number. You can reach me on Cameo. It's at Cameo. And I, it's at Tweet From Next on sure. Cameo. So if you ever want me to do a Cameo for you for a birthday party, anniversary, if you just want to cheer someone up, if, if you're about to, you know, propose and you want me to, you know, lead you in with some wife, so <laughs> exactly. we, we can make it happen. Hit me up. Exactly. Absolutely. Speaking of which, where can we find you? Give us a shameless plug for your IG and your project where you provide, you know, mentorship and, and counseling. Absolutely. Um, so you can find me at tweet is PRS on Instagram and um, on Twitter. I'm also um, on Facebook at tweet Raphael, R-A-P-H-A-E-L. You can find me there as well. And if you want to connect with me, um, you can reach me at strategicmediaent.com. I mean, at gmail.com. Yeah. I love it. I mean, your comfort level at really sort of going deep and also being on unpack it and then also giving us sort of the insight because a lot of times we can feel the pain and also celebrate the joys. But the media does a good job of kind of distorting all that and really kind of making it love. Hey, oh, we either love the music, but oh, we don't like the artists or, yeah. or we kind of like the artists and music. Uh, so, you know, I think you really help us to uh, understand this journey and um, we're so appreciative you feel comfortable sharing. It's my absolute pleasure. Man, thanks for having me. And anytime, you know, sure. just say the word, shoot up the bass signal, sure. and we're there. <laughs> exactly. Sounds good. Thank you so My much. My brother. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? 
Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electricast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electricast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electricast Podcasts and... Hear the culture. Electric acid. Electric acid.